raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. We ain't nobody's no. We shaking up the system. Rewrite unwritten December 28th. We're inching and inching and inching towards that new year, y'all. Now, happy Kwanzaa. Today's principle is Ujima, collective work and responsibility to build and maintain our community together and make our community's problems our problems and to solve them together. This is literally what I mean when I say we are each other's business. That's that's what I'm talking about. We are each other's business, you know, and I feel like not not enough of us really um, take that to heart. But we we grew up hearing the phrase, I am my brother's keeper, but we don't be feeling that no no more. Now we'd be like, "Mm, I don't know that man. Like, that's what we be on. And I just think that we got to change that thinking, all right? And if we don't change it, baby, we're going to be forced to change it. That's really how it's going to go down, okay? If we don't start thinking that way, we're going to be forced to think that way because you know who's not thinking about us? The people making the laws. They not. (laughs) Them laws ain't thinking about us. Jeremiah, like the Bible, what do we got coming up to say today? Well, we're going to take a blast to the past with why you bringing up O-ish. I love it why you bringing up old ish. You know, we always have the opportunity to link with our dope interactive, our, our dope influencer historians. You know, so many out there giving us the knowledge and taking it back. So we're going to do that and keep it locked right here. The Amanda Seals show, because we're going to listen, laugh and learn. Welcome back, y'all. This is the Amanda Seals show. I'm Amanda Seals. And welcome to our special guest, Mr. Charles Blow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, you know, Charles, I many of us know you as an incredible writer, uh, journalist, author, opera, uh, creator, uh, a kappa, <laughs> um, all the things. And South of Black Power is your latest project about yeah. politicians. It's, it's it speaks to how we can get back black power by moving to the South. Am I correct? Yes, that's correct. I am trying to tap into state power in the country. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. At the end of the Civil War, three Southern states were majority black, Louisiana, Mississippi, and South Carolina, and three others were within about eight percentage points of being majority black. And because they had that level of state power, including like in Mississippi, being black men being the majority of registered voters uh, mm-hmm. uh, right, right after the Civil War, It meant that they could put a lot of pressure on state governments to do things that really benefited black people. It it meant that 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 black delegation could put pressure on the Mississippi uh, state legislature back when senators were not openly elected, but they were appointed by the legislatures and say, you have open seat. We want it. Give it to us. And they gave it to them. Uh, It meant that, you know, in Louisiana, you could force uh, or, or, you know, you could force progress into a state constitution, which was what happened in the Constitution Convention of 1868. Very incredibly progressive state constitution included everything from, you know, kind of property rights for everybody, including black people to uh, integrated. 
in, in Louisiana, uh, integrated public schooling. It wasn't until, you know, uh, till America allowed Reconstruction mm-hmm. to fail and the white terrorists uh, uh, put Same. enough pressure on the population to reduce the, their voter turnout and call mm-hmm. new constitutional conventions w- from which they largely excluded any black people from being there. And they then wrote white supremacy into the DNA of those states. And that became known as Jim Crow. And it lasted for half of a decade, if not longer. So there was a moment People talk about Reconstruction and they really talk about what the, the, you know, the white people, what's that? Half of a decade? Uh, a century, I'm sorry. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, and uh, people talk a lot about what largely white liberals in Washington, D.C. did that benefited black people and they did things. But what they don't focus a lot on is what that incredibly high representation of black voters in the states did for themselves. People don't know that. Like, that's like a basic thing that I feel like, like Cardi B the other day was like, I'm not voting for Biden again because New York's budget is not accurate. And I'm just like, oh, no, no, those two things don't go together. But when we come back, I want to talk about how relocating just in general, uh, because I think it's a big call to ask people to move particularly mm-hmm. to move to the South. But I also mm-hmm. this thing, did you know that moving is apparently the most stressful thing for Americans? Like they've polled Americans. They said like even above having a new kid like and death, moving is the most stressful thing for Americans. So I want to talk about when we get back the, the importance of, you know, having to change your location, whether it's regarding politics, et cetera. And I want to hear from you, Charles, because you told me a story on my podcast. I'm going to bring that story up when we get back. Keep it like okay. the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seal Show. It's Amanda Seals here. I have got Charles Blow joining us, journalist, author extraordinaire, and documentarian. You can check out his documentary, South to Black Power, on HBO Max right now. You don't even need to know what it's about. It says South to Black Power. That should be enough of an interest title for you like Charles you won with the title okay because that's the type of thing where I see that together in one sentence I'm like that's something I need to watch I need to watch that um but we were talking about you know the importance of understanding that like so much of our legislation is really about the the state power right and I think we're so fixated on the president and that and we've been talking about local politics and all that but even when you're moving to another state, you do need to consider what those state laws are, particularly now that mm-hmm. Roe v. Wade has been uh, re- uh, repealed. And also just if you are an ex-incarcerated um, person, like what are the disenfranchisement mm-hmm. laws, et cetera. If you are a gun owner or you want, if you bought your guns, you bought your guns, um, you know, what is the situation in that state? But also if you are trying to find love, what is the situation in that state because baby if you're trying to date don't come to los angeles don't do it don't we it doesn't want you it doesn't want you all right um but charles you had told me that you grew up in like an all-black community and i really thought that was so you know interesting because jeremiah also talks about the same thing and i'm just like i can't even imagine the joy of that and then leaving it why why did you leave (laughs) 
Well, well, you know, the leading part was that it it was just small, and uh, the industry that I was in was the news industry. The biggest newspapers are in the biggest cities in the country, so you you're gonna basically gravitate towards the biggest market you can find. So uh, it was industry specific, but also you know wanting to be in a, a place that was different where. Everybody doesn't know everyone in your family and, you know, mm. all the way back to your great grandparents. Like that is <laughs> that is what a small town is like. Um, but yes, it is. You know, it was uh, and, and remains a majority black town. And the, and it was segregated when I was growing up. So we were on the black side of town. In fact, we were on the last street on the black side. So I always say we were on the blackest, blackest, blackest part of the black side of town. <laughs> and we, you know, and it everything in your life kind of re- existed there you know the candy lady was next door to me he was a black woman the the oh, guy who actually in the real store was down the street he was a black man the guy who upholstered your furniture he was my cousin he was a black man like it, the entire <laughs> my cousin <laughs> community revolved around you know uh, it included black people and because you know Louisiana one of the southern states that had fought integration for so long um that when it finally passed, basically they set up these uh, academies uh, with, with some state funding, by the way. Uh, and all the white kids began to go to academies basically so they could preserve segregation without calling it segregation. So they were private academies. Uh, and so in my school, there was, I re- if I recall correctly, there were two white people. And they were the people who were too poor to go to the academy. Uh, and so so everybody around was black and the school itself had been set up college they were called colleges back then but i think college now we Not translate to like a high school they, they were called colleges but we, you know it, it was set up it was set up right after in the wake of tuskegee in fact it was set up on the same model as tuskegee it was the first black college in north louisiana um, and it was set up to educate the sons and daughter freed slaves. And that high school, the same ground, is where I went to high school. It had it, the school is still there. Uh, and so, and when when walking through the school, you we didn't have. You know, I always think about that scene in um, Do the Right Thing, where they go in a pizza shop and say, "Put some black people on this wall." I'm like, I only ever had black people on the wall. Like they were like these. <laughs> old pictures of black people from the 1800s and those were the people that we saw and we understood that our legacy as self-sufficient creators of our own destinies to some degree was long and the, the place where we were being educated was deep in that kind of heritage. Well, we'll be right back. I want to get into, uh, you know, for the team, we're all here. And I think all of us have relocated. And I know for me, I have relocated into predominantly black spaces. Right. And just seeing the excitement and the difference for me in that. And I would love to hear from y'all just like what your experiences have been when you have to go to a new a new space and any surprises that have come your way. Yeah. Keep it like right here. The Amanda Seal Show. We'll be right back. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. 
Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. It's Amanda Seals here, and it is a group chat Thursday. We got the whole squad on the mic, as well as our guest, Charles Blow, joining us now. I don't know if y'all know, but Charles Blow did Smart, Funny, and Black at the Apollo in 2019. He went up against uh, journalist and author Joan Morgan. It was one of the greatest Smart, Funny, and Black shows of all time to this day. Top three and it was so Ooh, amazing that y'all had to, y'all tied. Y'all are one of the only yeah, we tied. The only other yeah, the only <laughs> other tie we've ever had was Keenan and Kel. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> other tie we've ever had. So shout out, shout out to that. Smart, funny, and so we're in the middle of uh, talking about relocating as we are promoting Charles's new documentary, South to Black Power, which you can catch streaming on. Uh, HBO Max right now. And TJ, before we went to the break, you had a question yeah, for the, so the knowledgeable one. Yeah, very knowledgeable. Uh, tell me, is there any truth to this? Because when I think about your title, South to Black Power, my family is predominantly from Louisiana. I was born in Milwaukee. I was always told that a lot of black people up north, because people be like, people be like, it's black people in Milwaukee. But I was always told <laughs> that they migrated up north for job opportunities to make more money. And then, but it's something about being up north when you when I go back down south, I live in Dallas now, it feels like home, even though I'm not from the South. Do you think that there is something about the South and black people that would just innately make you feel more at home in the South? And Mm. is there any truth to that migration on how Black people got up North like that? Yeah, so there was, first on the migration point, uh, the the Great Migration was spurred by a push and a pull. So the push was racial Mm. terror and uh, a collapsing cotton crop because the boll weevil infestation during that period kind of ate up all the cotton bulbs. And so now, not only were you being terrorized, you couldn't actually feed your family and survive. At the very same time, uh, a lot of uh, white men, including those in northerners in in the north where uh, uh, factories were being uh, set up, left for World War One, And so now these factories needed bodies. And so they sent recruiters into the South saying, hey, we need you. Uh, they're not treating you right. Come up here. And so they were recruiting everyone, including black people. Black people took that push and pull and they went north and and were able to become employed get, and uh, did actually make better money. And the, and the work conditions were better for them and, uh, uh, and the wage conditions were better for them. Uh, so that is absolutely true. Uh, it is also true that for from the time the first Africans set foot on American soil um, to today, until today, the majority of black people in America have lived in the American South. And until uh, the Great Migration, 90% of black people in America lived in the American South. So you can make the argument that the American South is, uh, is black, culturally because right. so much of black culture seeped into southern culture even though people would say they hated black people and this <laughs> but they were still consuming black culture so southern food right. is primarily black people's food it is kind of right. uh, 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 a lot of the we music, were cooking the food <laughs> we were cooking the food but also uh, a lot of you know the not only preparation style but but some of the the things that people brought over, like kind of rice grains and stuff, kind of mm. still exist. Um, in addition to that, it is very hard if you 
trying to really analyze country music and uh, and blues, there's a difference, but they're very close. Yeah, you know, right. so uh, mm-hmm. um, and that's why you can see a lot of black artists kind of flip over once go to country music because it's very close to what they've been singing already. It's just a tiny twitch. The the banjo is in fact an African instrument. Like so, but we associate it now with white people, but oh, it is ours. So all yeah. of, uh, so much of black culture is just embedded in Southern culture. You can, you know, um, I, I saw one study once about how the Southern Black dialect is as close to an African dialect as you can get in America. Uh, so I think there's just so much that's just kind of um, visceral about mm. being in Southern space that, and also the fact that there's so many Black people, right? You know, the, there, there are 1,200 majority Black towns and cities in America. 90% of them are in the American South. Wow. Almost every capital city in the South is majority black. So the you can make the argument that the municipal South is largely black. And so you, when you right. visit, you're probably not always visiting the small town. You're visiting some of these places where you're running into a lot of black people and a mm-hmm. lot of black culture that feels very familiar because it is familiar. But there you got it, y'all. If you're trying to move... You need to be moving to the South, apparently. Give us a call, 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. Don't go anywhere. It's time to listen, laugh, and learn. The Amanda Seals Show. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. It's Amanda Seals here. I have got Charles Blow joining us, journalist, author extraordinaire, and documentarian. You can check out his documentary, South to Black Power, on HBO Max right now. You don't even need to know what it's about. It says South to Black Power. But I think some people are afraid of the South because, you know, of... I mean, just like what we were saying before, I mean, there's this this concept that like it's it's going to be a lot more flagrantly racist, like there's less ideas of there's an idea of less um, progressiveness, et cetera. But you are a staunch believer that it's like, nah, that's them trying to coax you into staying in, you know, these overpopulated like uh, northern cosmopolitan quote unquote cities when really at the end of the day if we are the majority then we are being we are progressing and we don't have to rely on um, those in power who don't care about us to be progressive well let, let, let me let me make this distinction okay northern and western cities by and large are more liberal mm-hmm. but liberalism and racial egalitarianism are not the same thing. Define egalitarianism. Right. right? So it means that that, uh, that you believe in equality of all people or whatever. Right. Uh, it's not the same thing. You know, uh, one thing that I point out in that book was how uh, Quinnipiac at the height of stopping first, and they were stopping just, just hundreds of thousands of these young black boys. 
more young black and brown men than there were black and brown men, meaning they were stopping more people more than once. So, mm-hmm. and Quinnipiac every year would ask this question: like, do you do you agree with this, knowing that these racial disparities exist? The majority of white people in New York City always said yes. Think about that. Mm. Right. Just because someone believes in the right of gay people to be married uh, mm-hmm. and in saving the planet uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 and the right for women to have equal access to all all medical uh, uh, services does not mean that they are racially egalitarian, that they believe in racial equality completely. Right. And that keeps manifesting itself. One of the most liberal states in America is um, Vermont. It's the place where Barack Obama won his uh, most, the uh, largest percentage of the white vote in 2008. He, um, it is the place that gave us Bernie Sanders, you know, right. staunch liberal, right? Vermont incarcerates more black men per capita than any other state in America. <gasps> well, See, that's how they get you. Right? And they have so, like the least amount of black men, I feel. But I feel there's like not a lot of black people to pick from, but of the ones they pick, they are picking them up, you know, like oh. so it's it's you, you you have to detangle these two concepts of liberalism, and I, you know, I understand people liking liberalism. I, it, cre- it, it it supports the arts. It supports you know a, right. a, a kind of sensibility in a city. I understand that being very attractive, but do not confuse that with them allowing you to them loving you. It's not the same thing. Okay. There it is. There it is. There's going to be more of that on South to Black Power. That is a documentary put together by the one and only Charles Blow. You can also check out Charles Blow's continuous columns in the New York Times. You can also follow Charles on Instagram. And um, we are going to have more Charles here on the Amanda Seal Show because we've got we've got for the record later this week and we got back at a class. So make sure that if you are trying to get your wisdom, get your knowledge and look for maybe a new place to live, that you check out South of Black Power first. All right. Thank you, Charles, for joining us for our Thank you. Thursday. We'll be right back. So don't move. <laughs> the Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. We ain't nobody's fool. No. We shaking up the system. Rewrite unwritten rules. Oh, we speak the world on this time. We shine and rise. We up, we up, we up. The Amanda Seal Show. Seal said it, y'all. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back, y'all. This is the Amanda Seal Show. I am Amanda Seals. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to John Legend. Yeah. Also, happy birthday to uh, Denzel Washington. Okay. And happy birthday to Seth Meyers. I was on the Seth Meyers show. I did stand up on the Seth Meyers show a few years back. And I got to tell you, it was really cool because they did not censor or like question anything I was going to say. And a lot of these late night shows, like when you go on their show, like you have to run your set so many times and they'll be like, yeah, you can't say that. That wasn't funny or you should do that. Like they basically like make you rewrite your set. It's crazy. And I really loved doing the Seth Meyers show because they just trusted that as a comedian, like I know what I'm about to say. Now, if I'm a bomb, Mm -hmm. I'm a bomb. 
Um, but instead, I was the bomb. Okay. 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 Now, what do we got coming up this hour, TJ? We're sharing Black Joy and Black Eared News. All of that, okay? Blackity, black, 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 all right? Remember, our phone lines are open. 1-855-AMANDA-8 is the number. 1-855-262-6328. It's time to listen, laugh, and learn. Keep it locked right here to the Amanda Seal Show. It's the Amanda Seal Show. Check this out, On man. Thursday, we group chat. It is what everyone's talking about. Welcome back, y'all. This is the Amanda Seal Show. I'm Amanda Seals here on a group chat Thursday. It's time to get into our group chat topic of the week. Now, Here's where this topic came out of. We asked y'all, did you go to college? Are you actually using your degree? Or is it just like hanging on a wall somewhere just to remind you that you actually went? Now, this came out of the fact that the Census Bureau found that Americans with bachelor's degrees earned on average $74,154 in 2022. That was the average Mm -hmm. like salary. Right. But this is roughly $600 below the national average of all earners, regardless of their education. See, that's the ticket. It's the regardless of their education (laughs) part. That's the ticket. Okay. Now, the average federal student loan debt is $37,000 per borrower. And the Mm -hmm. private student loan debt averages $54,000 per borrower. So, you know, there's a lot of money and numbers that we're throwing around here. But the real question is, like, did you feel like it was worth it? That's really right. what we're asking. Was it worth it? Okay. Was going to school and getting the degree worth it? Now we talked to DJ Supreme earlier this week and he said, I don't even use <laughs> anything that I learned Not in my it. life. <laughs> the bitterness is palpable. Um, Cause them student loans started back this month. Come on. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. And then, you know, we have, TJ, who said that she does. You said you did. You you do mm-hmm. use it, right? I see it as it was valuable. Yes. And I am using it. And the experience in, of, in, in and of itself. All right. Well, we're going to get to the calls because people had thoughts. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we want to know, did you go to college? Are you using the degree? Hit us up. one eight five five amanda 8 That's one eight five five two six two six three two eight. Hi, Amanda Seal Show. This is a response to the question of was going to college worth it? I have a degree in marine biology. I was in undergrad from 2005 to 2009. And while I did use it for several years, I currently work for a construction company doing engineering work. So it's not directly related at all. I spend free time playing around in the ocean now, so that's good. <laughs> and there are certainly crossover math and science skills. Was it worth it? It was $100,000 all told for four <gasps> years back then at a state school in California as a resident of California. What? So I don't know. Was it worth it? I'm barely making $100,000, which makes me sound like a huge asshole. <laughs> but... Um, I think it was worth it because it did train me how to work hard at things. Not saying I couldn't learn that somewhere else. But yeah, I don't know. It was a good experience, but it was a yeah. shit of money. And it took me until a couple of years ago to pay it off. So it's a mixed bag. I don't know. I don't have a good answer, yeah. but those are my thoughts. Love you. Bye. I love that she got a marine. That's like such a very specific. Pac- yeah. That's a Pacific. Right. <laughs> get it, get it, get it. That's a Pacific degree. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Marine biologist. All right, let's take it to the phone lines. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Jeremiah. Like the Bible. I have a Bachelor Same. of Art in 
Business Administration with an emphasis on she management. She sounds just as like well the other caller. She a Bachelor of Arts in Spanish. I am using neither. <laughs> neither one of them. However, there have been positions where you had to have a bachelor's degree, so it allowed me to qualify for the position. Um, but yeah, thanks. Y'all sound so sad when you're not using your degrees. Oh my God, all y'all sound like Supreme. All right, we're going to take more calls when we get back. I, I got I to process this. Keep it locked right here the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back, y'all. It's the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals here. We have been talking about degrees. That's what we've been talking about Mm -hmm. today for our group chat topic because the question is, are y'all using your degrees? And we just had two people call up with very specific, (laughs) Mm -hmm. in one case, Pacific degrees, because she has (laughs) a marine biology degree. And it turns out, folks, is not really using the degree so far. So let's take it to the phone lines to find out if those college loans, if getting in there and doing the years was worth it. As far as the college thing, though. College, I think college is for people who want knowledge more so than people who want to get career ready or for a job. Because college gives you a lot more than just what you need for the job. College gives you the extra knowledge to, you know, be an expert in your field, kind of, um, in my opinion. Um, I've had a 10-year career. I've done it without a degree. I've gotten to positions where I didn't need a degree just because I proved that I could do the work and I worked hard and everything like that. So, and then you got the labor reunions. There's a lot of ways to make it. You just got to pick the one that's right for you. Ain't no one that's right for everybody. And anybody else's opinion doesn't matter if it doesn't help you on your spiritual life path. But that's me. All right, right. When he when he took it to spiritual life path, I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, you know, I think um, that's interesting because I definitely... I definitely feel like a lot of people don't get the opportunity to just prove that they can do a job because mm-hmm. they like don't meet the requirements right mm-hmm. ahead of the job. So I think it's great that he was able to do that. I agree. Also, the knowledge is very important because the knowledge also allows you to like apply to different things. Like although my degree was in like TV and film, I worked in marketing because like some of the things I learned was able to apply to marketing. Surprisingly, I'm like, oh, I'm good at this too. I got information to uh, help me um, excel in this field as well. Listen to another call. Hi, yes, this is Kia calling from Philly. I definitely do use my college degree. It gave me a Yay! great start in the field that um, I'm currently working in. I have a bachelor's degree in uh, human services, and I have a uh, associate's degree in behavioral health science. So right now I'm a counselor, and yeah, it, it, it worked out for me. Um, of course, college is not for everyone, but it worked out for me. And it, you definitely don't have to use it, but like the in, the entire time, but it definitely will give you a, um, like a good foundation. 
a platform to start off your career and then you can switch gears at any time you want so yeah it works out for her yeah <laughs> it ain't for everybody but baby it worked out for philly you hear me <laughs> i think too college gives you like the space to like learn too like i think a, a lot of my learning outside the classroom but like yeah. i've never had the opportunity to make stuff if i didn't have like all these people just around to make stuff with me i'm like oh yeah, you're, gonna, you're gonna be yeah. in this video come be in this video yeah to learn to grow to make mistakes it's all in, you can do it all in college it really is an incubator for the real world, mm -hmm. right? Like Absolutely. it, it kind of, it allows you to have like real world experiences, but without real world repercussions. Mm -hmm. And that's to me like the biggest value of college. And that's even in this like, you know, you learn in not even just actual like academics, but like life, mm -hmm. right? Like learning how to interact with people and like how to have like a real breakup and then see the person every day. Mm -hmm. Like that was crazy to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I did definitely learn that in college. <laughs> right? Like I'm like, oh, I have to see you every day. I think me and Devon got back together in college because it was just like, I see you every day. Like he just eventually was like, oh my God. Like, you know what? I see her every day. We need to get back together. This is silly. And even after we broke up again in college, it was still like everybody knew that's Devon and that's Amanda. Don't touch either. Mm -hmm. Like that's okay. <laughs> That's I dated one of the is. basketball players on campus. So every, we were like a known couple on, on campus. Same. Yes, right? Like, that's like a thing. Devon mm -hmm. was the basketball player. Then when Devon left, the next uh -oh. basketball player hollered at me. The next the next tall, light-skinned basketball player was just like a copy-paste. <laughs> Rest in peace to Dion. All right, we'll be right back. We got more show for you right here at the Amanda Seals Show. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. It's Amanda Seals here. We are uh, in the middle of a group chat Thursday. We've been having people call in mm. for our group chat topic of the week. The topic of the week has been, are you using your degree? Okay, so the thing is, is that a lot of people are spending all this money on these degrees and they're not using degrees. And uh, it's a doozy. It's a doozy because a lot of people are starting to feel like what was even the point of getting right. the degree? So we asked y'all to tell us and we've got a mixed bag. Some people have been like, mm -hmm. you know, I don't use a degree at all, but it was still like worth the experience. Some people were right. like, it was a complete waste of time. By some people, I mean DJ Supreme. Definitely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then some people are like, actually, it worked out for me. Those are her words verbatim. Uh, but yes. we wanted to take some more calls because I, I feel like this is really interesting. Hey, Amanda and Jeremiah. Um, just calling about your topic uh, about the college degrees. I actually am using my degrees. I am working on my third degree. So I have my Ooh. master's in social work um, and I'm currently in school to complete my nursing degree. Um, so yes, I'm using degree number one, number two, working on number three. I am just after these bags um, and I'm not amassing student loan debt because uh, my employer is paying for it. So that's ah. a blessing. So, yeah, um, I will graduate in 2025. So I am... Um, Thank you. You know what? So here's the interesting part. Certain fields 
this ma- this works, right? Like right. the more degrees, like you just continue adding. People get right. certificates and they get more money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, I think even if it's not about a degree, no matter what field you're in, you're going to have to continue growing with the field. Mm-hmm. And right. that's a thing that I think a lot of people may not really want to do if you already went to school and you did all that mm-hmm. time in school, you like, yeah. oh, yeah. we got to do this again. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> like, right. right. That's really that <laughs> Let's go to another caller. Good morning, Amanda Seals and Jeremiah. <laughs> like the Bible. Hey, I just <laughs> wanted to comment on the college degree. Okay, I got a master's degree in sports administration. And no, I have never used it because... It was hard to get into that field at the level I wanted to without having any prior experience or any kind of um, uh, internship. However, my having a degree has gotten me promoted at every job I have. So it's not specifically about the field of study that I got my degree in, but that I did get a degree and studies have shown that you go higher in a position or in a job if you just have a degree because it shows, I guess, uh, that you're uh, able to be educated at a post-secondary level or whatever the case may be. But I would say it's definitely important, valuable, and beneficial to get a degree in some field because once you get into that field or in the um, job market, it will allow you to progress faster. That's true. That's good. That's actually very interesting um, because I really feel like there's... I didn't know that like just having the degree would be enough to like give you promotions at some of these jobs, even if it's not related. Um, so that, was, that was interesting to learn. <laughs> <laughs> All that. Well, thank y'all for, for calling in for our group chat topic of the week. Remember, we do this every week right here at the Amanda Seals Show. We announce our group chat topic on Mondays, and we love to hear from you all so we can talk about it on Thursdays with your calls. one 855 amanda 8 is the number. We'll be right back to the Amanda Seals Show. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals. It's group chat Thursday, and the phone lines are open. We've been talking this hour about college degrees. If you went to college, was getting your degree worth it? Are you using your degree? Who's on the line? Hi, Amanda. I'm calling from Houston. I was just listening to the the radio and heard the section about do you utilize the degree that you have currently? No, <laughs> will be my answer. Um, I'm a Texas Southern University graduate with a Bachelor's of Administration of Justice and have yet to use my degree. Don't we need wow. more people in the justice system? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean, where, where is, I feel like there should be openings, you know? In Texas. <laughs> where they at? Where they at? <laughs> yeah, that's, well, hopefully, you know, you'll get that opportunity to do that soon. Um, and because I just hate, I hate the feeling that people are just like spending all this money on degrees and then the degree is just like something that you bring up at a party. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I make candles now, but I do have a degree in criminal justice. <laughs> Because they tell you, like, that's, like, the pipeline from, like, high school. Go to college. Even if you're not really thinking about college, you're like, that's what you do next. Go to college. People are like, okay. 
and they go and they go and they and they and they do something legit it's not even like Mm -hmm. they go to college and then just leave with like a yeah i went to college degree Mm -hmm. um well sis i'm praying for you i hope you get to put that to work she sound like she's like you know i'm just i'm out here with this degree but lord it wasn't ooh. (laughs) so i guess we kind of ended up with a 50 50 that's yeah. what it feels like. It was like 50 right, 50 right. of people who like went to college and used their degrees, and other people were like, Yeah, that was a waste. Well, other people were like, You know, I, I don't use my degree. And then the 1% was DJ Supreme who <laughs> said, This was a complete waste of time, <laughs> and I could have done without all these college loans. Yes. And I ended up being a father in the mix of it. It's just a lot. It was just a lot. It was just a lot. It was a lot. So write a book teach the people all right teach the people the amanda seal show we up we up we up raise a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to mcdonald's for mcnuggets and the play play slide have something sweet in her honor come to mcdonald's and treat yourself to the grandma mcflurry today and participate in mcdonald's for a limited time whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. We ain't nobody's no. We shaking up the system. Rewrite unwritten I'm Amanda Seals. Uh, it's a lot of different kind of days today. First of all, it's the third day of Kwanzaa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ujima. It's all about being each other's business. That's basically what it's about. It's also National Card Playing Day. Uh, I know that you may have some family still at the house. Uh, so spades is happening. Spades is happening. Are we? Co- do we consider Uno cards? Or is yeah. it just Uno? Absolutely. It's cards, yeah. It's a card game. It is a card game, but I don't think of it when I say like, oh, we're going to play cards. That doesn't mean Uno to me. That means like money <laughs> or tone yeah, or yeah. spit. You have to say specifically Uno. All right. Everyone shows up and you playing Uno. There's a problem. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if you tell me we playing cards and you had Uno in mind, Supreme, if I will show up with the with the Queen of Diamonds, you like, well, that's not what I meant. It's not yeah, the same I mean, I think Uno is equal. Like, it's, it's equal rights for Uno players. I have to be good at Uno <laughs> and not the rest of the game. So Uno's all right with me. All right, there you go. There you go. Well, what do we got coming up this uh, this hour? We're jumping in the DMs. We're going to find out, am I tripping? You sent us some um, dilemmas you had going on, and we're going to give you the verdict on them. Are you tripping or not? Nice word, Dilemma. Nice word. <laughs> All right. If you need some advice, I got it for you. Make sure to hit us up. one 855 amanda is the number. We'll be right back to the Amanda Seals Show. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals, and it is time for another group chat. And we have a guest in the building. <laughs> We have a comedian and actor, Tony Baker, with us. You've been making people laugh on stage forever. And then, you know, this this brilliance of giving voice to the animal kingdom. <laughs> it was a whole other expansion. We've also seen Tony on Last Comic Standing, on The Carmichael Show, 
uh, HBO's All Deaf Comedy. I mean, you know, you're you're a veteran, Mr. Baker. You're a vet. And today we are talking about life before and after this social media thing. But I'm curious, just first and foremost, as a comedian, life mm-hmm. for you before and after. Because, I mean, I feel like it's a whole other game right now because of this right. internet thing. Right? Yeah. But I would love to hear you, you know, pontificate on that. Um, what, what I feel like the internet, the social media thing is super beneficial to real comedians because now um, we have more exposure without without needing the gatekeepers of the comedy game as much as we used to. We can go directly to the people now. You know what I'm saying? We can post a stand-up clip. We can do voiceovers. Whatever gets people's attention on us. Now we we don't need the middleman of a, of a comedy club booker, of a Hollywood producer, a comedy show producer. Um, those, those people are still there, of course. They still have their horses in the race. But now we can just build a fan base and fill up a comedy club. Mm-hmm. And people, they they might not even know who we were because we weren't on TV. We weren't on Listen, this and that. We I've experienced so like, it. Yeah. So it's like now... <laughs> Now I have a base. I have a fan base in Houston that will come out and see me. Especially black comics, right? Yeah. And you know, you know, a lot of comedy clubs, they they know what, what butts are coming to the seats. Like, like I'll say uh Texas, for example, Dallas area, Addison, mm-hmm. Arlington. They got two different comedy clubs there. One club is super black with that comedian lineup. The other one is kind of on the whiter side. So it's like some of these comedy clubs know that these black comedians bring the booty cheeks to the seats. <laughs> bring the booty cheeks to the seats. To when the you seats. started doing the animal videos, like, was it? Okay, so I had interviewed Tabitha Brown on my podcast on Small Doses, and she said right. that she had had a calling that uh, mm. told her to do videos, right? Like, yeah. that basically God was like, you need to go and put your face really close up on the screen. And she said, she was like, why do I got to put my face close up on the screen, God? And she said that God was like, because that's what the people need from you right now. And so that she did it. But like, was it something like that where you had like an epiphany to do these videos? Or was it just like, you know, another day at home and then it just came just and blew up? I'll tell you exactly how it happened. Now, I grew up, we always had pets. We always had pets. So Mm -hmm. I was living with animals my whole existence. So of course, when you live with animals, you're gonna be looking at them like, you're gonna look at your cat and be like, what are you thinking about right now? Like what, in in this moment, when you sitting on the couch like this, what are you thinking about? So I always just had that mentality. And so one day I saw this video of this goat in Brazil just giving these people hell. He was like messing with everybody. Everybody in his vicinity, he was messing with. There were people on the motorcycle. He tried to ram them off the motorcycle. There's a lady with a grocery bag. He runs her over. A dude tries to come and save her. He chases him down. So I'm like, all of this while he's wearing a bell on his neck. So you can hear him coming. <laughs> so I was like, let me be this goat. And um, I made, that was the first voiceover I ever did. It it didn't do anything special. And then I did another one shortly thereafter of a raccoon eating out of out of a cat I know this dish. one. 
I know. And it, was, it was just a bunch of cats just like surrounding them, like, what are you doing? <laughs> and the raccoon was like, y'all don't be doing this? Y'all don't be? <laughs> raccoons, they dip the food in the water before they eat it. So it was just like, right. Yeah, y'all got to dip it in the water first. Y'all, y'all eat it dry? And so, and then he runs off and comes back for one last scoop and then runs off again. That's the first one that went viral. And so I was just like, well, people seem to like this. Let me just keep doing it. And so it, it just came from a, a genuine place of I've always been wondering what animals think. When we get back, we're going to keep this conversation going because, and by the way, shout out to all my other Dr. Doolittles out there because I really do be wondering what the animals think. Like, I ask my animals all the time, like, what's going on in your mind? What you thinking? How you feeling today? But we'll be right back. We got Tony Baker in the building here on a group chat Thursday. We're talking about life before and after this internet. And I know some of y'all got stories. We're going to get into it when we get back. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. It's Amanda Seals here on the group chat Thursday. We are joined by Tony Baker. He's in the building with us. Comedian, voiceover artist, extraordinaire, actor, and uh, Chicagoan. So shout out to the yes. shy. Uh, yes. Where can people get you on stage? Because I know that you're doing some dates. Oh, yes. I'm rounding out the year. I will be at Tacoma, Washington, December 7th through the 9th at Nate Jackson's Super Funny Comedy Club. I will be in San Francisco, California at Cobb's Comedy Club, December 15th and 16th. And I will round out the year, 2023, New Year's Eve weekend in Florida, Orlando Improv, uh, New Year's Eve weekend that Friday and Saturday, and the final night, New Year's Eve, Tampa Improv, one night only, two shows. And my cat is in here making mad noise. <laughs> Hush, bro. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, what's he thinking? He's he's like, I was reading an article the other day, telling No, he wasn't. When we were uh, talking last break, you had something you wanted to get off your chest. So I'm sorry we had to go to the next break, but please take the mic. Okay, so Tony, you've gone viral many times, millions of followers. Nowadays on social media, it seems like everybody's goal is to go viral. We don't know what to believe and what stage. But you're very successful with going viral. What is the key? Is there a key to going going viral? I really don't even want you to answer this because people are going to be like, oh, now I got to do this now. And all we're going to we're going to be have us to blame. If you see now, they ask Tony, that's, that's their fault. Go ahead. <laughs> They're about to be disappointed because <laughs> it, 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 I'm sure that everybody that does social media, that goes viral, that has a big mm -hmm. following will tell you that they don't know what's really going to pop, no matter mm -hmm. what. Every time we think, oh, this one is about to <laughs> just hang the day. Right. That's only happened crickets, one time for me. Crickets. Only one time mm. have I been like, this one is going to make people feel some type of way and it actually did but, I, i've never every time every time in my mind where i'm just like oh they they gonna feel this one oh this <laughs> this the one this is the one <laughs> this giraffe this giraffe that you're about to go <laughs> this, this is right here come on and then, I mean, then the ones i don't care about where i feel like i don't even think that was that funny i'm gonna just throw it up anyway that that goes up crazy. Right, so it's like right, right. you know, I, I really, I really just <clears throat> whatever's funny to me, 
whatever speaks to me, I just do it. That's how I work comedically anyway, so I just put it out. I don't like sitting on stuff for too long. I'm definitely not the type of creator that overthinks my comedy. I just say it, do it, put it out. It does what it does. I move on to the next. So, uh, Tony, huge fan of your stand-up. Um, Thank I, you. I, I love your approach, especially when you're just improving at some show that you've been doing uh, lately that you're just coming off the dome with stuff. Man, you're super talented in that respect. Mm. So, two questions. Uh, a lot of people are doing animal voiceovers now. Are you watching these folks mm. thinking, oh, this is good or this is trash? That's one question. And the second question is, I see that you've been expanding a little. You've been expanding, like, outside of animal voiceovers. You're doing verbal cardio. What is that approach mm. so that the crowd will receive something that's not what you got famous for? Um, for me, I don't like being put in the box. So, um, you know, all the stuff that I, I do, it was kind of already there. Like, you know, I, I started mm. verbal cardio years ago. I just brought it back. And you know, wait, so what that is was verbal cardio? I'm out the I'm out the loop. Verbal cardio is my podcast where it's just me. Um, occasionally I'll have a uh, guest on every now and then. Like I had D Smoke and Astero and Paige Kennedy on and uh okay. Locksmith, but normally it's just me. Um and it might be my engineer that's there behind I know the camera. That. I apologize. That's very unprofessional. That's okay. I did not know that. So I have that I have that podcast. I have the Daddy Issues podcast that I do with other comedians, DC Irvin, Craig Wayans, Keon Poli, and Chaz Rogers. Um, but that, you know, I always wanted to make sure that people know, first and foremost, I'm a stand-up comedian. So yeah, the voiceovers are cute and that's mm -hmm. how you know mm -hmm. you found me, but they don't pay me, you know. So yeah, so and as far as like other cats doing animal voiceovers. Some are terrible at it, and some are good. And you know, I, I'm I'm a I'm always a give credit where credit is due type of person. So mm -hmm. I'll see them, and I'll be like, Ah, you, you should have <laughs> did. But what, what what messes me up? What messes me up is if I see somebody else already do a video, it makes me mm -hmm. not want to do it. Yeah, so I'll be like, Oh, they already, oh, yeah. they already mm -hmm. did it. You know, yeah. so it. I try not to look. I try not to look at theirs for that reason. Mm. But but it's some it's some good it's some good quality cats that that are doing it out here, and I'm just like, yo, that was good. And some are trash though. <laughs> let's <laughs> oh, let's keep that. Let's, <laughs> let's make sure keep that. we keep that. Yeah, some are trash. You know, because there's, people, there's people are doing it just to just to build a following now, just to go viral. Oh, voiceovers are hot. Let me do it because it's hot. I didn't start that way. I started because I gen genuinely was like, what is this animal thinking? And so mm. voiceovers weren't even hot at that time. So, you know, mine came from a genuine place. And that's just how I work comedically. I don't like to force anything just because it's hot. Yeah, I mean, that just to me never, it never, the authenticity is always going to be what shines through and makes something even funnier you know or even just more yeah. relatable than someone trying to concoct something but when we get right. back i want to take it i want to take it outside of the business of things i just want to hear on a personal level how all of us here had different experiences once you know the social media of things came into play because i feel like you know jeremiah is the only one here who had like life <laughs> you've never had like an adult life without social media right no no. Okay. That's mm -hmm. crazy. <laughs> it is. We'll be right back to the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. 
raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back, y'all. It's the Amanda Seals Show. I am Amanda Seals, and it is a group chat Thursday, and we are joined by Tony Baker. Yes, comedian Tony Baker is joining us as we talk about just life before and after social media. Now, for the past couple of breaks, you know, we've been talking about just the, the professional experience of that. But I want to hear from mm-hmm. you all about like personally, what what are what are some things that were different for y'all like after social media came into play and before? I know for me, I'll start off. I feel like I used to be more in the moment. And now mm. because I be having to create content, like I've had to have another consciousness now about like, should I shoot this? Should I shoot right. this? And out, you know, and like that kind of takes you out the moment. And then sometimes I'll just be like, no, I want to stay in the moment. I want to stay in the moment. But then I'll be like, damn, but I know they're going to love this though. This is going to be hot. This is going to be funny, yeah. man. This is going to be good. And then it's like, all right, well, whatever. <laughs> so that's something that I feel like has been different for me. I'll, um, I'll jump in here because I haven't said much. I think for me, it kind of changed when people started taking the internet seriously because I used to get on the internet and say anything, like anything. What? And I'm like, nah, I can't get on there and say that anymore. Wait, I, I what think were I you saying? Give us an example. No, I used to just be on there just going in on people like Puff, <laughs> like Puff Daddy. I would have yep. been talking crazy about Puff Daddy. <laughs> 10, 20 years ago, but now it's like, yo, people might actually look at my stuff and it's no telling who this might get back to, so let me watch what I'm saying on the internet now, so that's the yeah. thing that's a little different for me now. Mm. That's true. Okay, Ooh. so you ended the last recommendation, like my whole adult life, I've been on the internet, but there has, like, when I was in high school, Instagram started, and I think even between then, like, there was more a casualness of, like, Instagram, you post, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then, like, at, by the time I graduated, it was like, no, this is a business. You have to post a certain way. It's curated. Tweets are a, cer- a certain thing. You know, people was deleting t- old tweets. They were talking crazy at one point on Twitter. It was real wild, wild way. It was like, in middle but, school, I was wilding. But now, you know, I'm trying to get into college. I got to delete. But, you know, even, like, now people will, like, search your old tweets and be like, what they said in 2013 about XYZ. You're yeah. like, 2013? I don't even think about but what's happening on the internet yeah like I was literally in the process of puberty in 2013 like leave me alone right wow Wow. you know it's funny Jeremiah because I'm totally opposite of you so I graduated from college in 94 I'll go ahead and say that before I graduated I had to learn how to send an email yep (laughs) <laughs> and you know they were talking about that it was the information superhighway now I'm making myself sound real angry. not the information superhighway <laughs> yeah. so it was something that I had to learn so when, when you think about the older people that you know you got to show them I had to show my mom how to send a text message I had to learn so even now if it's a TikTok or something I'll find a younger person to to put me on to, to the new thing like how you get on this Snapchat I've had to and, ask Jeremiah before how you do a green screen on the TikTok. Uh, <laughs> when, I, when my mom, I taught my mom how to text and then she learned emojis. Ugh, y'all, I wish we could go back. It was over I wish that. we could go back. I'd be like, why did you have to put a fish? Just say fish. Like, <laughs> you do I, I think um, the relationships are different and y'all know how I feel about this. 
You yes. know, I used to actually have conversations with people. Yes. Uh, I used to have to like open up my calendar to see what somebody's birthday is. Now, depending yes. on Facebook to be like, yo, your best friend birthday today. I'm like, damn, <laughs> I almost forgot. No, but that the, the intimacy and the interpersonal communication is just not there anymore. I mean, even at dinner, it has to be, we have to strictly say, put the phones away at dinner. Otherwise, we'll be scrolling the whole time. So that's different for me. When we get back. We're going to keep this conversation going. Don't go anywhere. It's time to listen, laugh, and learn on the Amanda Seals Show. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. What's good, y'all? We're here at the Amanda Seals Show. It's Amanda Seals here, and we are joined by Tony Baker. (laughs) Veteran comedian extraordinaire. And make sure you go to at Tony Baker on Instagram to find out when he's going to be in a city near you. Now, we've been talking about these internets and how our lives have been different uh, since the social media boom. And we're going to keep on talking about it. For me, I, I like the fact that I've lived in both worlds, the, 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 the pre and the after, you know what I mean? And so, and like he said, you know, he was, he was, he was reckless talking about celebrities saying whatever you wanted to say. I feel like that. I felt like that before social media really popped. I used to go in on Twitter Wild Wild West, I used to go in on like artists and just be like, yo, man, dude's bars is trash, bro. Like, you know, yes. I went in and then one day I was doing stand up and I saw one of my targets in the crowd. <laughs> he, he, was, he was laughing at my jokes though and I felt terrible. I felt like, mm. yo, he's standing here enjoying my comedy. I just ripped him to shreds on Twitter. Mm. So it really made me more mindful of like, you know, this world is smaller smaller than we think it is. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to be out here, you know. So if you notice on my social media now, I don't really I don't really put down artists like that. Even though in my mind, I'll be like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Y'all feeling this? Instead <laughs> <laughs> of <a> group chat. <laughs> but so, you know, but before it's like, you know, I was wild, wild West McGee, but now I got to be mindful of that. And, and, and I get you like, you know, we are overloaded with social stuff. We are overloaded mm-hmm. with people's business, people's opinions, people's faces, people's thoughts. And so it's just like, we are overloaded. And so it's like, yo, we got to put the phone down. And like you said, when we at dinner, don't pull that phone out. You scrolling. Yeah. Every time we on tour, when I'm on tour with Kev on stage, I'll be like, man, get off y'all phones. We building. But it's well, not Kev. He live by the phone, die by the phone. You- <laughs> as content creators, we have to, we have to have this. Right, right. No. For our livelihood, and it sucks, but at the same time, we gotta connect on a personal level. So it's like, man, I wish I was wealthy already to where I can live in the moment and, yeah. and disappear. But yeah. Well, we're here, y'all. <laughs> Ain't none of us wealthy. We need the phone. I mean, I didn't have my phone for two days last week, and I was so mad at how much I needed it. You know, like, because when you're on vacation, you're like, oh, I'm going to throw caution to the wind, you know, and I can put my phone up. Right. But when you're like actually in like your real yeah. life, you're like, dang, I, I had my phone wasn't working like the service. So I, I called Postmates. But then, like, the, the security at my, my neighborhood, like, couldn't call me to tell me that the Postmates had arrived. And so they couldn't let the Postmates in. I had to walk and go get it. <laughs> like, I had to just oh, wow. go and visit. It defeats the purpose. <laughs> like, 
I had to walk up the lady car. She looked worried as hell. Like, who walking up to my car? I'm like, I'm coming to get my food. This is this is me right here. That I'm just walking up to you. So if you could, she didn't want, yeah. want to give me the food, y'all. I'm like, it's me. It's me though. It's me. Oh wow. Uh, well, where can they she go like, see? Where can you. they go? She literally was like. Mm, I'm like, lady, how would I know that you're here with food? How would I know that you're here with food? What you order? What you order? Where can the people come and get the Tony Baker experience? Because you are going to be up in these cities for the next few weeks. So tell the people where they can come and check you out. Uh, they can come and check me out. And uh, first of all, come to my Instagram page. It's at Tony Baker on Instagram. It's simple. They there you go. Click the link in my bio. It's TonyBakerComedy.com. That, that'll give you all my business. That'll give you all everything <laughs> I'm doing is right up in there. I will be at Tacoma, Washington, uh, December 7th through the 9th at Nate Jackson Super Funny Comedy Club. Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco, December 15th and 16th. Orlando, Florida, New Year's Eve weekend, that Friday and Saturday. And New Year's Eve, Tampa Improv, one night only, two shows, nice. rounding out the nice. year. And then 2024, I'm not on tour, so catch me while you can. I'm taking a break from the Ooh, tour. I love that for you. That was that yeah. was this year for me. I just Man. I wasn't out there. But next I'm year, sitting I down. Be, How was so. it? Was it good? It was so nice. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. so nice. I don't know if yeah. I'm still funny, but it was nice. It was nice. Uh, yeah, it was nice. So we're going to see. We're going to see next time I'm on the stage. Well, y'all, that has been Tony Baker joining us right here at Group Chat Thursday. Give us a call, 1-855-AMANDA-8. That's 1-855-262-6328. And make sure to follow him on the Instagrams at Tony Baker so you can find out where you can go check him out on stage. All right? Because like he said... Instagram is good for real comedians because you can see real comedians in real life. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> the Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. We ain't nobody's fool. No. We shaking up the system. Rewrite unwritten rules. Come on. We speak the Seals, and we are enjoying the holiday season, running back some of your favorite moments of 2020. Well, some of our favorite moments of 2023. Today is uh, today is day nine of our 12 days of Black Joy, so we're spreading that all day long. And, uh, you know, we're looking towards the new year, so I feel like this is a good time to start considering, like, okay, what am I... I know that people, some people don't like the New Year's resolution thing. I think it's worth it. You know, I think it's just something to keep your mind always challenging yourself, right? Like, mm-hmm. do you all, now here's the thing. Do you all have any New Year's resolutions that you've ever stuck to? <laughs> hmm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I feel like the gym, I feel like I do not, I really be working out for real. But it's like, I fall off for a few weeks, but I like stay consistent for throughout the whole year. Some like downtime in between. Start off strong in January. Oh, I always start off strong. By June, it's like, no, what did I say? Right. <laughs> right. Now, what did I say? There is a How new thing that the people on TikTok are doing now, though. Are they doing like bingo cards for resolutions? Like, basically, like put the goals you oh, have wow. on a bingo card and then kind of play it that way. Like, oh, you get bingo. Okay. That sounds goals. fun. That sounds fun. A resolution bingo. And so, like, is the idea that over the course of the year, you're like ticking off things on the bingo card? Right. 
Right. Yeah. Make it more like fun. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like a vision board or like a list of beating my goals. I remember uh, the vision board time, the vision board era was was frustrating for me because I never enjoyed it. And I would always be at these vision board parties and they would be just so into it. <laughs> I would have to just be like, so this is a shoe um, that stands for me stepping on these hoes. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I I feel like TJ was a vision board party girl. I, I like a good vision. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like a good vision board. I do like a good vision board. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, well, please don't invite me to the vision board party because I'm not going to enjoy it and I don't want to have to say no. So just don't invite me at all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Y'all, uh, we got more show for you. Don't go anywhere. It's the Amanda Seals Show. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. It's Amanda Seals here, and it is time for I Be Knowing. Okay, y'all. So I had an individual slide in my DMs the other day, and he said, I think it's time that you date an average man. To which I replied, no, it is not, actually. Um, I have dated only average and below average men, and it is actually time that I date someone who is on my level because I'm not an average woman. His mm. response was, well, I think you should date me. And this is how it should go. You can contact me via this app because I don't give out my number like that. Over time, we will interact with each other. And if I continue to feel like you are interesting, I will then eventually give you my number and you and I can go to a brunch or lunch and I can pick your brain. I said, I don't think you get it. And he said, (laughs) he said, I consider no to be a challenge. So let's just break down the many areas of ridiculous here. First of all, Anybody saying I think you should date an average man is already above average foolish, okay? Because I don't know why you would tell somebody that they need to date someone who is quote unquote average when we know the connotation of that really just means mid, okay? Like it doesn't have a positive connotation. Now, if he meant like, I think you should date someone who works in the, you know, blue collar job, or if that's what he was trying to say, because I've definitely had people say stuff like that before, but that's not like where he was trying to go with it. And he was just trying to say, you know, I'm not a celebrity. And it's like, well, I don't, I, I haven't really dated that many celebrities. It don't take being a celebrity to be a fool. Patriarchy is is definitely lifting up all men to be whatever they want to be, regardless of a celebrity. But the part for me that was wild was that he hollered at me and then told me how I could work to get him. Now, I guess I don't understand this idea that like I see a lot of men these days who want a quote unquote traditional woman, but then they want the woman to pursue them. So explain it to me. I just can't figure it out. And when you tell me that you're saying that you don't take no for an answer, that to me sounds very trigger warning, rapey. That's what that sounds to me. Okay. And I am not here to try to figure out if it's just a euphemism or if it's the real thing. But you know what one of the most annoying parts of this whole message was? He said, I will take you or we can go to brunch or lunch. Isn't brunch, breakfast and lunch combined? Like that's what it, it, like, what are we, you're not even, you're not even giving me the correct form of outing possibities. And I feel like this is a Cheesecake Factory situation. 
situation. He is going to try and get me to go to TGI Fridays and have jalapeno poppers and say, this is what it is to be with the average man. And that I'm supposed to feel some type of way. People in the comments, when I talked about this on Instagram, were like, oh, you know, he can't feel good about himself. This is not about you feeling good about yourself. All of us have the right to feel good about ourselves, to have confidence. It's when you approach somebody and in the process of approaching them, diminish them in order to make it seem like you are the catch. I just want to tell all the brothers out there, what makes you a catch is definitely not you acting like you the catch. That's not it. The, 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 the vibe of like, yeah, come and get me. I don't want to ever feel like the man who's talking to me, like the soundtrack that he's playing in his head is Maya. It's all about me while she gives Cisco a lap dance. <laughs> Idiots talking a bunch of garbage. <laughs> we'll be right back to the Amanda Seal Show. <laughs> the Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Amanda Seal Show. It's your girl, Amanda Seals, and it is time for us to get into these are our confessions. Celebrity confessions. Every week, a celebrity gets on the internet and shares a cringe worthy truth. Hilarious hot take, or just kind of something in between. And you know what? When they do, it's time for me to guess who is running off at the mouth. Jeremiah, like the Bible, what is today's celebrity confession? All right, Amanda. So this week's celebrity revealed that they haven't liked to visit the Empire State ever since they were robbed in the city before their fame. Okay. They don't want to visit New York because they got robbed before they got famous? Dang. Uh, they said Both be traumatized. Dang. All right. A whole city, like the greatest city in the world. And they just like, like I'm it. good. Okay. Is this okay? First, let me ask gender. This is a female, a woman. Okay. This is a woman. Okay. Um, what type of work do they do? Are they an artist, like a bit like a recording artist? Are they an actor? They're a recording artist. Yep. Oh, they're a recording artist. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's Meg the Stallion. You are close. I'm close. Okay, close, it's not Meg the Stallion. If it's Megan not, Stallion if can take on a, a, a robber, she like you know about five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not Meg the Stallion, but I'm close. Is it? Is it that I'm close because she's from the same place? The same region. Okay, so Tejas. So the same region. Mm. Um. Who else is from Texas, but not from not, Houston? Not, not not state, same region. So the oh, south. the same region. Okay, the southeast, the Bible Belt, if you will. Mm-hmm. Little, okay, but that's bit, still pretty even, big. It's even even more southern. It's close more, to close to where you're from, kinda. Close to where I'm from. So they're from the Bible Belt. Are they from Louisiana? Close to where you're from. I'm from Florida. Yeah. Oh, they're close to... I'm saying we're talking states or cities? Oh, cities. Cities in your state. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Are we talking about Kaya? She's from Tampa. <laughs> you're close. <laughs> you're warmer. You're warm. You're getting real warm. I'm warmer? Okay, okay, but okay, younger. okay. Kaya, Kaya but people. younger. Who is from Tampa? It's not the City Girls. Um, Is, is it? it the City Girls? Is it JT? It's JT. It's JT. JT is such a thug, though. We gotta hear the audio from what happened when she went to New York, Amanda. Let's take Let me a hear. listen. I got robbed. Like she so she she left me at the bar drop, 
and she went back to the place that she booked for us and she took all of our stuff. So I just always never liked the New York since then. I haven't, I came back to New York like after I got famous, but I just always look at New York as like this gritty ass place, like where people just, ugh. But, JT, you didn't, you didn't hold her accountable? I never saw that girl again. <laughs> I never okay, saw wait, her again. I never wait, saw her again. She wait, had blocked wait, me wait, on Stop Facebook. the audio. Stop the audio. Wait, wait, wait. But JT was a thief. That's what the people online was saying. No. I, they said, well, girl, okay, you Wait, wait, wait. Was JT stealing from like individuals or was she scamming the corporate? Because there's I don't a difference. Know. I don't know. I think okay, it's people, there's a difference. but I don't Let me wanna... take it back. Let me run it back. Let me take it back because if you scamming the corporations, I'm not calling you a thief. I'm calling you Robin Hood. <laughs> okay. But she was. But if you scamming no. individuals, then yeah, you a thief. You a thief. She but said, okay, I, I just feel like that may have happened to her in New York, but that sounds like a very Miami situation as well. So, <laughs> nonetheless, um, New York is not. You know, don't, don't don't chalk up the whole city to that. New York can be very, very generous. Let me tell you something. You get pregnant, have a baby in New York, you ain't never carrying that stroller up the stairs by yourself. <laughs> All right. That's a celebrity confession. We'll be right back with more of the Amanda Seal Show. Keep it locked. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Yes, y'all, it's the Amanda Seal Show. I'm Amanda Seals. We've got a group chat Thursday been going on all all day, but before we head on out of here, we gonna we gonna give a little bit more chat to the group. What's up? Who's on the line? Hey Amanda, I love you, girl. Um, I'm from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and wow. I'm a huge fan of you. I just want to say I love you. I love that you're showing support for Palestine and keep doing what you're doing. Um, and yeah, girl, love you. Love you from Canada. <laughs> Yay, Canada. Canada, eh? Look at that. That's so dope. We international with it. Global. Thank you. And thank you for the love, man. Thank y'all so much. I love when y'all send us these these uh in, in, these love messages. They really go far. You know what this means, right? No. It, it means that Drake is listening to the show and he's heard all of the impersonations <laughs> you've done of him. <laughs> You know you like it, Aubrey, Aubrey, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that enjoys, is that enjoyable for y'all, but I get so much joy out of my Drake impersonation. <laughs> Mind you, I love the music. one 855 8 is the number. That is the number, one 855 We'll be right back to the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.